You all know me. Know how I earn a living. I'll catch this bird for you, but it ain't gonna be easy. It's bad fish. Not like going down the pond chasing bluegills or tommy cards. This shark swallow you whole. Shaking, tenderizing. Down you go. And we gotta do it quick. I don't bring back the tourists. I'll put all your businesses on a paying basis. But it's not gonna be pleasant. I value my neck a lot more than 3,000 bucks, Chief. I'll find him for three, but I'll catch him and kill him for 10. And you gotta make up your minds. You wanna stay alive and ante up? You wanna play it cheap? Be on welfare the whole winter. I don't want no volunteers. I don't want no mates. There's too many captains on this island. $10,000 for me by myself. For that, you get the head, the tail, the whole damn thing. Thank you very much, Mr. Quint. We'll, uh, we'll take it under advisement. Mr. Mayor, Chief. Ladies and gentlemen. Dearest mother, I hope you have not disowned me now that you've discovered the truth of my adventure. Watching a 45-year-old shark movie every day in August and then talking about it on the internet. What is the internet, you may wonder? Well, it is a vast, interconnected digital world where nerds like myself find like-minded people with shared interests. But it can also be a scary place where pedophiles like Father's Uncle Theodore can go to find like-minded people with shared interests. If you ever do find yourself going on the internet, please, Mother, be careful what you click on. For me, I've been clicking on a home box office movie provider called Home Box Office Max. If you think that sounds weird, there was originally a home box office, a home box office now, and a home box office go, to go along with this new Max one. Basically, it is a place where you can watch movies and see television shows with swear words and boobies. I fear that I've gone off track, Mother. I've been heavily drinking Narragansett beer to feel more in the moment. Day two has gone gangbusters, but alas, it is done. But I am looking forward to day three. I, I know you're not particularly good with numbers, so I'll just let you know that comes tomorrow. And until then, send a father my love. Please don't mention any of this to Uncle Theodore. I don't want him to know what I'm up to. I hope to hear from you soon. With love, your son Michael. Jogis 2nd, 2020.
Joggist, it is Joggist, where I will be watching Jaws each day. Podcast, got a podcast, but I'm not quite sure what I will say. The choice of this time might give you pause, cause it has nothing to do with Jaws. Joggist, it is Joggist, where every day I will watch Jaws and talk about Jaws. It helps if you like Jaws. It's August 2nd, 2020, America. You know what that means. It's time for another Gansett. Now, do I do it again? Do I do exactly the same way I did it yesterday? No. No, I'm not going to guzzle it today. I'm going to sip it and enjoy it. Ready? Mm-hmm. Delicious, delicious. Makes me want to go and kill a porca. It's August 2nd. Here I am. Again, Sunday night, I just finished watching Jaws for the second time in two days. Um, two down, 29 to go. And I loved it. This is, I guess this is how you test yourself. Like they say, you know, like I remember hearing as a kid, like, oh, a kid was smoking. So the dad makes him smoke a whole pack of cigarettes until he gets sick so that he'll never want to smoke again. That's sort of the way I'm looking at this with Jaws, it's like the test, the ultimate test. If you're going to watch this movie every day for 31 days, you're going to either come out of it loving it still, or you're going to come out of it like going, oh, I never want to see that again. Um, I mean, that is a theory, but let's be honest. Nothing's going to ever take away um, my, my wants or desires to see this movie. In fact, two views in it's elevated it to the point where like I'm not watching this movie to simply enjoy it I'm looking for things now little things that's actually making me enjoy it even more making me appreciate it even more which is crazy for a 45 year old movie that I've seen um, so many times just to see these little things um, and appreciate them more and I think that's what I'm going to talk about today uh, I'm going to focus on a character that you see for a minute in the first hour of the movie, and then he basically steals the movie in the second hour of the movie. And of course, that is talking about Robert Shaw's Quint. No, no first name, or maybe no last name. Well, they call him Mr. Quint. So he is absolutely Quint. First of all, he has one of the greatest character introductions in the history of moviedom, which is a word, I think. This, that sip of beer has gone to my brain. Wait, another one. Ooh. Ah. Hoopa drives the boat. Um, that scene of him in the you know, town, you know, municipal building, whatever the hell he was, 
with his fingers on the cross on the uh, chalkboard, giving his little speech. I remember when I first got my like first IBM computer, I I plugged in the VCR, took took these wires, hooked them up to the back of the VCR, and plugged them into the computer. Uh, not video, but I got the audio of that clip, the clip that opened up this episode. I got that audio, and I would play that. Like I saved it as a wave file because I didn't even have video on this computer. Uh, the fact that I could hear audio was amazing. Saved it as like a wave file and set it up so every time you turned off the computer, it would be that quint quote. It's like, um, I don't need no captains. Don't need no mates. There's too many captains on this island. I'm, I'm already screwing it up, but you know, I, it, by by day nine, I'm going to have it perfect again. I used to know it perfect. Ten thousand dollars for me by myself. For that, you get the head, the tail. The whole damn thing. Anyway, I'll get it. I'll get it. And hopefully there'll be one episode of um, Joggis that I, I'm not doing at 1030 at night, like by the end of the night. But who knows? You know, this was on the weekend and I didn't get these done at night. Now I got work coming. So we'll see. We shall see. But I want to focus specifically on what I think Quint's motivation for this movie is. Uh, I know, day two, I'm already going to some like in-depth thing. I'm not just talking uh, fluff. I'm not talking the beginning of the movie. Um, what I want to talk about is what I think this, what Jaws is. Okay, this may be crazy. Now, the first half of this movie, it is a horror movie, right? There's, a, there's an unknown monster, an unseen killer uh, that is killing people. Only so many people uh, believe it's even real. Um, and, I mean, you get to the point where the mayor gets on the television and said there was a large predator that allegedly injured some bathers. Um, have, have, have you asked Alex Kittner how he's doing? If he was injured? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. Um, the mayor is the villain of Jaws. Not the shark. Not the shark. The mayor. But... The second half of this movie, when it's off the three guys on their boating adventure, this is when I realize, or this is what I think. This is a theory going on two watches, um, that this is a revenge movie. It is a revenge movie for Quint. You know, he is cool as a cucumber. Um, And, you know, when he's got the reel out, he's drinking the Gansett, and he's... Um, you know, he's hanging out and talking, making fun of, you know, testing Brody and, and, and Hooper at every corner. Uh, but that real, once he finally gets a view of the shark and he like under his breath, he's like incredible, which I never, I don't think I've ever noticed him say that before. Um, but I like earlier yesterday I watched, I said, Oh my God, this guy we're seeing a man loses his mind. Like he's like Captain Ahab and this is his white whale. And he doesn't want to, um, he doesn't want to give the credit to anybody. That's why I thought, okay, he, he, he got Ellen Brody off the radio real quick. He smashed up the radio cause he doesn't want the coast guard coming cause he wants to get the kill for himself. He wants all the glory for himself. And yes, there's a moment where he's like, ah, there's a taxidermy Beck that I know that's going to be, you know, Excited, I forget what the words were. I'm, I'm sure that's a great quote, and I'm going to get it right one of these days. But I feel like he is a man who becomes obsessed with this thing. Certain faces he makes, 
uh, and, and it all, I think, this whole, his whole being, the man he is today, goes back to the Indianapolis. It all comes back to the Indianapolis. All those shark teeth in his, in his cabin, in his house, whatever you want to call it, um, his workshop, every, every shark he's killed, and including this one, is all because of his friend Herbie, the baseball player, all his, his compadres in the, in the service, um, you know, that, that died on that very real USS Indianapolis, um, you know, mission, that, that real ship, the real thing, sharks, all that stuff. Um, ooh, the Gans is working. You know, that created this, you know, he had a young soldier who saw all these, all his friends getting killed, saw sharks up close killing his friends. From that point on, he became obsessed with basically killing as many sharks as he possibly can. And when he saw this one, you know, 25 feet, two tons on him, it like drove him to the point where he, he will not be questioned. He will not be stopped. You want him to stop? You want him to slow down his boat? No, he's just going to keep going. When he pushes that engine and then he does this little like, this little like head bob, he's like, yeah, boom, boom. Like, like, oh yeah, I know what I'm doing. It's almost like he's dancing to some music in his head. Um, when he just like, I, I don't know, little things where I th- it's almost like he's going to do whatever he can to kill this, this fish. And it doesn't matter if he makes it. Uh, you know, I love the little things where he, things I didn't notice. Here's one thing I didn't notice. Like he says in the Indianapolis speech, I'm, I'm never going to wear a life jacket again. Cause the fact that life jacket, he's bobbing in the water and he just feels like he's, you know, he's basically bait. He's chum. And at the end, the ship is taking on a lot of water. And what does he do? He takes out two life jackets, one for Hooper, one for Brody. And he never puts one on Brody puts one on, but he never, he never puts one on. Um, I just feel like he finally gives in to Hooper to put the, the to get in the tank. Uh, but it's like, I don't know if I'm giving enough examples, but to me, he just felt like he was a man who became obsessed with killing this shark. That's why he smashed the radio up. He didn't want... He didn't want anyone to get the credit. He didn't want to be called back. He didn't want to be stopped in any way. Brady Brody's pretty practical. He's like, what the hell with this? Let's get out of here. But he didn't want to do this. The only time he was ready to go back to shore is when he thought he was towing the shark back in. Uh, but that shark, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't happening. Like, even the look on his face when he's like, he's gone under. He's like, I don't know, chief. He's either, he's either really dumb or really smart. It was like he was almost... Um, appreciating it, like he was in, he was in awe of it, but he definitely wanted to kill it. And I mean, maybe if if Hooper tied the the knot a little sooner, he would have. He had a clear shot at the head. He said that. Um, I, I heard him say it. I don't remember that. I don't remember that either. I thought, wait, was he going to kill him right there? Or was it just about the barrel? I, I don't remember. Um, but he said it, and he tried to get the shot in the head. And maybe things would have been different. A lot of the issues that happened uh, was be- because of Hooper. I was texting a uh, uh, future guest of the show today about uh, Hooper's butterfingers. You know, he, he dropped the tooth by Ben Gardner's boat that proved it was a great white shark. 
and mayor didn't the mayor didn't see the truth so he's like i don't know i don't i don't see any proof we're gonna keep those beaches open and then um that fisherman you guys are right over there dead he is uh he goes into the shark cage with the the um the spear that had the medicine in it and he drops the spear and because he drops the spear the shark doesn't get stabbed it might have gotten might have died right then and who knows but instead quint gets eaten chewed up swap tenderized and swallowed it whole just like he said um yeah i don't know if i gave enough of an argument to why i think this was quint's revenge um that's what this is because he did a maybe i'm wrong but he he, he killed a lot of sharks he loved boiling those teeth. I assume to clean them off. I'm assuming he wasn't making uh, uh, jaws, <laughs> shock, shark jaw stew, which sounds lovely. Um, but maybe he sells them. I don't know. He definitely keeps them as trophies. I just felt like this one, even though he didn't know anybody, there was no connection. I felt like it was a personable, personable, personal. Um, I also. Um, I feel like I might, I might be seeing too much in one episode because I got a lot more to go. But one thing I love right from the beginning, Quint, who is a massive ball buster and massive shit talker, right from the beginning, he is testing both of them. He's like, these guys are going to be with me. Well, I'm going to see if they can put up with me. I'm going to see if they can hang with me. Hey, Hooper, um, tie this knot. And then he gives uh, Brody a sip of moonshine that he made or whatever he made. And he just looks at him. He stares at Hooper to watch how he reacts, to watch how he drinks it. Hooper gives a little bit of a sip while he downs his. And then he tells, he tells I mean, Brody. He, he looks at Brody to see how, um, sorry, to see, and Brody gives a little tiny sip and then he looks at Hooper. He's like, don't drink that. Uh, what I do like is that Hooper gives it right back to him. He's not, he doesn't take it. He doesn't, he, he, he respects the guy as the captain. But he doesn't take his shit. Um, and that's why I, there's a moment. I, I'm all over the place. I don't care. There's a moment on the boat uh, when they're sharing scars. And um, and, and uh, Quint says to, to Hooper, you want to drink? You drink to your, your leg? You drink to my leg? I think is what he said. Or this, I think that's what he said. And it's just the glee and the happiness and the, the camaraderie that seem to be forming, even though they bust each other's balls while the work is going on. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Those little things just is why Robert Shaw uh, is the, the the greatest part of this movie. I mean, how could he not be? He's only in half of it. Brody is like the... Brody is us. Brody's the everyman who's doing the best he can, coming along for the ride, dealing with this guy who is a scientific expert and then this guy who is a real-life expert. And um, they're butting heads, and he's kind of in the middle of being like, I just want to get back home and make sure the shark's dead. Um, but Quint is the movie to me. Um, I think I think that's it. A little lighter today. A little, little, little less Gabby Gabby, right? We got 31 of these total. I can't, I can't talk about everything um, all in one day, but what's the one thing I want to note that I never noticed before? The guy at the beginning, the drunk guy who was running with Chrissy and then she got eaten by the shack. Um, he, um, 
he's with Brody because there's a missing woman. And he's like, she probably drowned. He's like, oh, maybe she walked off on you. He's like, no. And then he's like, hey, I told you, didn't I? Like, he wanted to be like, look, I saw this girl. She ran off. I called, didn't I? Can I? I was expecting the next thing for him to say was, can I go? Because he's just this rich kid whose family's from the island. Uh, and it really wasn't until the, the whistle blew that he, um, he ran off with Brody. It's almost like he wanted to get the hell out of there. Like, look, I did what I, w- I, I did what I came here to do, man. Can I go? I, didn't, I know he didn't talk like that. And, I, and in truth, he, he met this. He didn't, never actually met this girl, except when she was running away from him, to go for a very dangerous swim. I'm just going to say it right there. No matter what, it's dangerous. There could have been a, 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 a boat propeller. There definitely could have been. The medical examiner thought there was. I mean, why else would he amend his report? That's it, friends. I'm done here. Show me the way to go home. I'm tired. And I want to go to bed. I have a little drink. Well, I have some Gansett left. I mean, why don't we? Wait, 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 wait. Oh, it's gone right to my head. Ooh, Jaga Second is in the books. Why don't we do this again tomorrow? And until then, before I have a massive beer burp, thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Geek Mentality. And um, the website is fansonexperts.com. The Facebook page is Fans on Experts. The movie is Jaws. The month is Jagas. And until tomorrow, my friends, here is my theme song. This is my podcast. I made it. Geek Mentality is what I named it, and I think you should listen and subscribe, cause I'm kind of funny and awesome, I think that I'm worth your time, and I'm kind of handsome, my mom says, please listen and please subscribe, at least listen to this episode. Fans not experts.